Casey Webb for Man vs. Food, and you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 100. It's been a great ride so far for the show. Thank you for tuning in. I have some amazing guests lined up for the podcast and I can't wait for all of you to check it out. This week's guest is Casey Webb, host of Man Vs. Food and Best Places to Pig Out. We talk about his career, projects, and his TV shows. Make sure you check out the podcast on our website, www.themccpodcast.com where you can find all of our latest news and archive episodes as well as links to our social media handles and email I hope you enjoyed this week's episode it was fun talking to Casey Casey, welcome to the cave Hey! Wow, there's a lot of room in here <laughs> bigger, go- bigger than most caves I've been in <laughs> What's going on with you, man? What's new? Me uh, freezing my tickets off in uh, Brooklyn, but other than that, uh, things are good, man. Um, got to, uh, outside of Man vs. Who, got to work on another show called uh, The Best Places to Pig Out, which is on Travel Channel currently, which is was a lot of fun. It's an hour-long show that I narrate, so we just wrapped on that, which was kind nice. of great. And now uh, we're staring down the barrel of a fourth season of Man vs. Food, waiting to be... Uh, Wait and hear about that. There so, uh, yeah, things are good, man. Yeah, you know. So I was going to say, you know, the listeners know you, of course, from Man vs. Food. You know, it's one of my one of my favorite I, shows. I enjoy watching it with the with my wife and my kids. Uh, and we'll talk about that. The family. There you go. The whole family. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. My, my, three, Thanks, uh, man. my four-year-old daughter, whenever I put it, she'll be four, actually, in April. When I turn it on the TV, she'll sit down and watch it with me. Wait, oh, that's, uh, you know what? That was one of the best things I heard coming off the road when the, uh, the first season started airing. Friends were like, "Hey, we uh, we watch it." I'm like, "Oh, cool!" Like, no, we as a whole family watch it. I was like, "Oh man, that's great!" And then, then they then the kids start watching on their own. They don't want their parents to watch it. That's also <laughs> happened as a result. So, <laughs> wait, what's your daughter's birthday? Uh, April first. Oh, I mine is the twenty seventh. I'm a April baby myself, and I dated someone. She was April first too. Yeah. yeah, it's a good month. It's a good day. <laughs> so- it's a great month. It's great. <laughs> So I want the listeners to know a little bit more about you. Where are you, uh, where are you originally from? So I was born and raised in New Jersey in a little town called Little Silver, uh, which is about, you know, like an hour from New York City, um, right near the ocean. It's like right where the shore begins. There's 140 some odd miles of beach. Wow. And uh, Sandy Hook is the tip of that. And that's pretty much where we went to as, as kids to go in the ocean. I mean, I'm a freckly, pale-faced, or was chubby, or still am. <laughs> so I, you know, we went to the beach, but I avoided the, we, you know, I avoided the sun as much as possible. But uh, yeah, I grew up there. But you know, my both my parents are from New York originally, but I was lucky uh, to live in the suburbs and also have New York as uh, a place to retreat to. Which now I do the reverse. I retreat to Jersey from the city to uh, get a little, you know, a little respite from uh, from the crazy up here. But uh, yeah, this is home. Brooklyn's yeah. home, and Jersey's where I grew up. How was it? How was it growing up there? What were you into as a kid? 
Uh, you know, I was into what my brother was doing. Uh, he's four years older than me, my brother Keith. And uh, so, yeah, we uh, we were like a ragtag duo until like puberty, I guess. You know, like he uh, until he discovered girls and then he didn't want me around anymore. So, you know, we were always outside, which is my parents really made made sure of that uh, as much as humanly possible. So we got to uh, get a backyard. So he was really into mini bikes, dirt bikes. Uh, we had a half pipe in our backyard, um, you know, manhunt, uh, you know, out, everything outdoors, really, which was great. And plus, we had the ocean really close by and a lot of parks in the park system, which I wound up working for at one point, the Monmouth County Park System. So we spent a lot of time outside because we both kind of needed it. You know, my brother and I would, I would equate us to being like Labradors. Like, we just needed to run, you know, like my mom was, you know, raising us. My dad was working. She was a stay-at-home mom, so she had these two knucklehead boys beating each other up all the time. So she uh, she made sure that we exhausted ourselves outside, and she got a tan because she's Italian. So. <laughs> did you uh, play any sports or anything? I did. You know, it's funny. I uh, as a as a chubby little husky Casey, uh, a wee Casey. I um, every sport, you know, until there was like the weight class. So like <laughs> baseball, soccer. Uh, you know, all those intramural sports in grade school, you know, all that stuff. And I tried to play peewee or, uh, you know, football, but I was too big. It was like a weight limit, wow. which was BS in my opinion. Cause, uh, but uh, <laughs> I wound up playing high school football and wrestling um, a bit of track. And then I played college football for uh, for a hot second. Wow. And um, so, yeah, football and wrestling. I mean, honestly, like, two things really changed my life and it was sports. Um, and then it was acting. So like there was a huge shift in like physical, my physical body, you know, when I was, uh, when I first started playing football in high school. Um, and then when I left it in college, I, I did a, uh, semester, uh, I went to play D three in Pennsylvania, played football and I just realized I didn't want to do it anymore. And then that's when I actually started doing the acting stuff. Um, you know, but, always in the restaurant business. I mean, I started working in the restaurant business at 14, 15. You know, there was yeah. really no such thing as child labor laws when you're working for your friend's dad in a pizza place, you know? <laughs> I, think, um, I think everybody had that dad where they were, you know, you worked at a pizza place. I worked at a, I'm I'm a, I'm Greek, so, you know, there was restaurants everywhere in my life. and uh, Oh, you're always working in a the, restaurant. Yeah, you were my, born in a restaurant. There you go, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I buddies, my, my Greek buddies, they're all like, they had, their uncle had three, diners and they all work for them you know yeah. like all my buddies they all somehow affiliated with food which i that's what i loved my parents were very you know they didn't come for much and it wasn't a very uh they weren't like real food savvy folk they just fed their kids whatever my dad to this day i'm like oh how would you eat today he's 70 something he just had knee surgery he goes, oh i had some fruit i'm like oh what do you what kind he's a dole oh dole fruit like not fresh <laughs> fruit but out of a can you know so He's used to eating out of a can, so my origins were pretty, um, you know, they were simple, you know, which I appreciate. You know, he taught me how to make eggs, and then I took it from there, you know. Um, so how did you, like, uh, transition into acting? What made you one day, like, you know, you want to get into acting and voiceover work? So I, uh, so I went to college right out of high school. I left. I was, like, one of the first guys to leave to go to fall camp, so I left August 16th. Um, to go, uh, 
to go to football camp. And, and when I was there, I was like, you know, like I, I did really well in high school and I, it, it was really, you know, a lot of camaraderie with my friends and it was a thing. And, um, it wasn't until I realized like that I was done with it and I was done with the sport. And it was hard because like I had a, I had to tell my brother and my dad, I wrote him a long letter. <laughs> um, cause I really wanted them to be proud of me, you know? And like, it was always, it's always been from the beginning, it's been my brother's voice and my high school football uh, coach's voice uh, in my head from from the beginning, you know, like especially through all the man versus food stuff, the competitive stuff. Um, but, you know, there's a point where I was like, you know, I'm done using my head to run into people. I want to use it for something else. You know, I'll use it for the greater good. And I actually took a, a theater history class at the college that I went to, which was uh, Wilkes-Barre College. Uh, now it's Wilkes University. Um and at the same time, I had three of my closest friends on the planet. One was going to community college where I wound up going to doing theater. And these guys are played sports with. These are like, you know, yeah. bro guys that like, but they also had this other side that they didn't tap into till later in life too. And my other buddy went to American Academy of Dramatic Arts here in New York City. And then my other buddy was getting his undergrad in Vermont. And then he wound up getting his master's in new school actor studio I couldn't afford to do the, the, at the, you know, when I was at that age to go to a conservatory or, or get my undergrad through a major university. That's where the football helped. Football got me to college basically. And then, you know, I was, just, I was done playing ball and I stopped and then I started doing theater at community college level. And, um, I auditioned for a play, never having auditioned before in on a stage in front of like 50 people. And I failed miserably it was terrible it was a horrible experience yeah. and then that's when i realized that this is what i want to do with the rest of my life like this is a challenge that i need to you know like it was like sports were a challenge like this is my new challenge so i just took it and ran with it and um you know the whole time i was at the same time working in restaurants waiting tables working in kitchens whatever and i was pursuing acting in one way or another doing comedy doing improv you know, stand up, whatever, whatever I could do, theater. I mean, I was very serious at that time. I felt like I still had some stuff to get out, you know, like sports got enough out of me. What are the childhood angst? And then I went to uh, theater. It really helped, you know, I could go be somebody else, you know. How was your involvement in theater then? Did you enjoy doing theater? Um, for me, it was the outlet. Like, it was like, oh, I could walk on stage and just, just it was another place where I could leave it all in the field. I mean, there's all these sports analogies, but like I was able to go deliver, do the homework, right. Go deliver my lines, whatever, and, and be present on stage. And it was, it's a, it's a, if you've never done it, there's a high that comes with that. There's a buzz. There's a, um, a giving, there's a, 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 way, a letting go. So for me, it was like, wow, this is, you know, this is, this is huge. It was transformative for me. Um, because, you know, because I didn't start it young, I had a whole other sense of it. Like I wasn't, I, I was, didn't necessarily need to be part of a group. You know, I was kind of doing it on my own. You know, I was kind of, a, I kind of did it on my own. You know, I was, yeah. uh, uh, kind of a solo artist in that regard because, um, and, and it wasn't until I found a community of people much later in life in theater that I could be a part of. And that was really transformative too. And that wasn't, that was like 10 years ago, you know, yeah. um, or even less than that. So yeah, for me, it was, it was an awakening and, um, and it gave me a focus because I've always been all over the place, you know, creatively, just like 
I need to be out doing something. I'm a physical person. So uh, theater really helped me hone in and, 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 and focus my energy and, and my thoughts and my ideas. So it was helpful that way too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. Like you say, you did the, you did this solo, you know, and you know, a few years later down the road, you're like, you know what? I did this by myself and it's a good feeling about that. Yeah, for sure. There's a, something, you know, a guy built this thing up. I mean, trust me, I was around people that were doing it as well, but yeah. it wasn't until like, you know, I was, I, I moved back to New York several years ago and, I was working in restaurants and I, I wasn't, I was commuting to audition and I was living in New Jersey and, and I didn't really have a community. I was, had my girlfriend and I was auditioning for, for TV and film stuff. I wasn't really doing any theater. And I was just like, I feel like I'm missing something. And a friend of mine actually, who I ran to an audition, she's part of this theater company called the collective, which I've been a part of for the last several years. Um, She's like, oh, there's plenty. I just broke up with my girlfriend. And there was plenty of people that you know there that you've met before that are part of this community of actors. And uh, and that really, that kind of changed too because then I had a focus. I could go and do work at this place. I could go, you know, write my own scripts and things and ideas and stories and plays and come in and perform those. Or, or uh, And it was just like-minded people doing the same thing much later in life, you know, because I started like 18. Now I'm in early 40s. So, okay. you know, it's uh, it takes a village to be honest with you, and, and yeah. <laughs> you know, the people that are, I find that are successful in this business have never stopped doing it, or they always keep going back to it yeah. to some degree, you know. And the most, um, and the most important thing, are you still having fun doing it? Oh man, you know, I, it's it's been so crazy and fun and and thrilling and scary and all those things that like, you know, I like. I like to hustle, you know, I like to be busy, you know, it's it, my life has changed considerably in the last year and a half, you know, um, yeah. I was used to going auditions every day and now it's different. Now it's like, I'm shooting a show a lot or I'm working on another project. So I've had to make this tremendous shift, but yeah, man, I'm having a blast. I, you know, I really, you know, it's two worlds. My two worlds collided. I was working in restaurants and I was acting. Right. And, yeah. and like they, and, and it was at a point where I got out of my own way and I realized like, I'm not two different people. I'm not a guy bartending and, and a guy acting. I'm the same person. And then there was really like a shift. And that's when the work, I started getting more work. That's when I started, you know, auditioning for bigger things. And then oh, I'm getting men versus food. And then that just took me to a whole other place. I never thought in my life that I'd be hosting a show that would bring me around the country, talking to people that are passionate about food whether they're cooking it or they're eating it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been incredible. Coming from a restaurant yeah. background, it's been amazing. Yeah. You know. So tell us about the audition for Man vs. Food. And how did you get that? <clears throat> so I, you know, a, a, a director friend of mine, I was in this uh, web series that was on YouTube called uh, um, <clears throat> Part Timers. And it was the first scripted web series that YouTube was going to put out behind the paywall on, on, on uh, YouTube Red. Anyway, that director... Uh, Laura Murphy, who did Girl Code, all the MTV stuff. Um, she's extraordinary. She introduced me to a gentleman at Don Buckwald Agency called Conan. His name's Conan Smith. And he's head of like comedy development. And like we were like friendly, you know, like two Irish guys, New York City. Like it was very easy. I bought a bottle of Jameson to his office and we hit it off, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I started pitching ideas to him. And one of them was a show that I would. Uh, hosting show for a food show that I would co-host with a friend of mine. So he's like, shoot it, shoot a proof of concept. Basically that's uh, a sizzle or a pilot of the show that you want to do. Right. All right. Great. So 
so while I was doing that, he's like, oh, I have this audition for this, uh, this, this hosting show. It's a new show. Do you have any, do you have any interest? I'm like, yes. Cause you know, as an actor, you're never in a position to say no to an audition. At least I've never been. Cause when you say no, you won't get another one. And especially this is a new relationship. I want to be, you know, I want to be a good little student. Say so, yeah. So long and the short of it, I wound up having a, um, a Skype interview with a producer in my apartment. I wasn't really living there at the time. I may have been subletting it a lot just to pay the rent. <laughs> uh, and I sat and talked to a producer on my computer and I was supposed to do a food segment. I talk about food and like actually have food prepared. I didn't realize that. Or like, I just didn't remember. I don't know. I was just busy at the time, I guess. So I want to like leaving the computer, excuse me for a second to see what I had in the cabinets or the fridge or whatever. And the only thing literally I had in my fridge was, and I'm opening my fridge now was a jar of moonshine. <laughs> so I, uh, that I acquired from a friend that might've gotten from somebody that made it in the woods. Um, and I sat and I, I sat down, I took a deep breath and I looked to the computer at the producer who I'd never met before. And I sat there and I talked about moonshine for 20 minutes. Wow. And apparently that was enough <laughs> to get the audition, the physical audition to actually, you know, to audition for the show. So that led to a restaurant in New York city where they're holding auditions, a place called Clinton hall, downtown, uh, Daryl Hammond is the executive producer, uh, executive chef over there. He's great. Um, uh, so we did a, a, a basically a shortened version of what the show is. We did a kitchen beat. I'm in the kitchen with the chef talking about stuff, making food. This is the first time I'm ever doing this ever in my life. You know, a walk and talk. I'm walking down the street, introducing the restaurant, you know, yeah. like I've never done this before in my life. And then, you know, and then I'm talking to people on the floor, asking about the food. And then I go eat some crazy burger to the camera while, you know, a bunch of the production people filled behind me and pretended to be, you know, fans, you know, whatever yeah. of the show. So it was a basically a pretend version of what the show is. And, uh, and I was like, wow, this feels a lot like man versus food. They're like, no, no, this isn't, no, it's a whole new show. <laughs> and cause for all I, I, the whole time I thought man versus food was still on. And then like, I re realized like, Oh, it's been off the air. It's been off, it was off the air for five years yeah. when I was auditioning for the new man versus food. So they kept it under wraps and it wasn't until, I thought that I got the job if I wanted it. I was in the offices of the production company signing paperwork, and one page said Big Eats, and every page thereafter in the contract said Man versus Food. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what the, you know, uh, I got to call somebody, my mom, my agent, you know. So uh, that's kind of how it went down. It was wow. just like, yeah. And uh, we did 30 some odd episodes, we did three seasons later, and now we're looking at uh, to be determined. A fourth season. Um, it seems uh, it's like they want to do it. We're not 100 percent sure yet, but so yeah, I'll know sooner than later if that's going to happen yeah. in 2019. So, so you love food and you love traveling. What's like one of your favorite places <laughs> that you've been to that you can't wait oh, to go man. back? I, uh, you know, Tony, I, I, I went to New Orleans for the first time by myself because uh, I had never been there before, and I was doing this play in New York City, this Tennessee Williams project, this immersive project with some folks from Sleep No More, and it was like, and like, I'd never, all we do is talk about New Orleans, because that's where Tennessee Williams he lived, he wrote, whatever. So I go there by myself, and I have a, a friend, two friends that are there, they're, that, were, that got engaged down there, and they're like, are you in New Orleans? I'm like, yeah, but New Orleans. And like, come hang out with us. So I got to see New Orleans through my friend's eyes that have been there for, you know, they go every six months, you know. So I got like firsthand experience 
New Orleans with them. And I fell in love. I mean, this place is incredible. Six months later, after getting the show, I was about to find out if I got the show or not while I'm in New Orleans. So six months later, I get the show and I'm back in New Orleans filming. It was oh. incredible. So, like, and that episode to me still is one of the greatest food and life and cultural experiences that I'll probably ever have. You know, I look forward to more, but, you know, I made, you know, Gumbo from Creole Gumbo from Scratch with Leah Chase, who's 95, 96 years old, you know, and she's teaching me how to make gumbo. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, so New Orleans is very close to my heart. I feel like every time I go to New Orleans, I'm cheating on New York, but that's okay. <laughs> I come back to New York, to Brooklyn. Um, Pittsburgh stands out because I've never been there before. And, you know, growing up, I had a very close friend of mine. They were, their family was Steelers fans, so I would be over the house watching Steelers games, even though I was a Giants fan, still am. Uh, and uh, that was incredible. So going to Pittsburgh, you have these three major sports teams, a city that it's not Philly, it's not Chicago, it's not New York, it's its own thing. And the fans are amazing. The food is incredible. There's a great deal of history. There's a whole new food scene going on there. There's a lot of energy being pumped back into the city. There's this industrial feel. So those two places for me just like are extraordinary. And I got the chance to go to Minnesota three times. Wow. Uh, we shot three episodes in Minnesota um, over the last three seasons. And that's just another beautiful city. You got Minneapolis, St. Paul, you got Minneapolis, you got Duluth. There's a lot of natural things going on there, but there's also a lot of unnatural food things going on, which is like awesome. Like a, like a, like a positive thing. It's like mm-hmm. awesome food scene, great beer scene. And then you have this, you know, these, this beautiful, um, in the summertime, especially the weather is incredible. So like those are the three places you know, and then we went to Maui, which was like, I joked about going. I was like, hey, why don't we go to Hawaii? <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, all right, we're going to Hawaii in the third season. I'm like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> if I just say it, it comes true. I'm like, all right, Alaska. You know, let's go, <laughs> let's go to New Mexico. So uh, fingers crossed on those other two places. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, you know what? What I found, to be honest with you, uh, despite the places that stand out, like as I'm talking to you, Every place that we went to, like, there's a nucleus of food and 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 energy and and like there's scenes everywhere. Yeah. Like we are in we are in Michigan, we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and their food and beer scene is incredible. We're in you know uh, Boise, Idaho, you know, like uh, and like their food and beer scene is unbelievable. Like and you don't know it until you go, you know, like and, and so I really encourage people to go. Like you. Do some research, you know, watch some shows on, you know, uh, on, on, on these food channels, uh, not just man versus food, but, and also with that, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but like anytime we, anytime a show, not just man versus food, but anytime any show goes to any restaurant anywhere in the country and coming from a food background, we have the opportunity to increase their business or the show does by, by 40%. We can increase business in someone's restaurant 40%. That blows my mind because like, Coming from places, I've worked in places that failed, you know, that were mom and pop and they had to close their shop. If we can increase someone's business by 40%, that's amazing to me because we can keep the lights on, fix the roof, pay for payroll, that sort of thing. So, like, not only is it great and exciting to visit these cities and eat food, but it's like, what is the impact they're having big picture stuff that's totally out of my real hands, but in the power of the actual show or the the nature of us visiting there. And, And I get to do that on the ground floor talking to people you know i get to start that conversation which is great amazing well listen to me go on but yeah so that's okay (laughs) but so with all the travels that you've done you must have met some amazing people and fans uh the different states you visit yeah incredible like because like i didn't know we didn't know well let's say i didn't know i didn't know what the impact of this was going to be i didn't even know what it was going to look like 
I had a sense of what it was, but I was very lucky to have the, you know, Sharp um, Entertainment is the production company that did the original show. And then they're this same company that's doing the new man versus food. So I had a trust in them and, and I did, and I was able to do that. And uh, that allowed me to be myself and that allowed me to just to, to, to have fun and make, you know, restaurants, and travel exciting. And it is, you know, because restaurant business can be very stressful and it doesn't have to be. And so I hope mm-hmm. with the show, we're able to portray that. So uh, the people along the way, it wasn't until the show started airing that, you know, like I, little kids, you know, that no, like, like I was at, we were in Boston and we were at, uh, we were at, we were at the, we were taking a tour of Boston beer company. Okay. And um, there's two little girls that were like, I heard out of the corner. My, I just heard it like, oh, that's, that's Casey from Man Rasu. And their parents like, no, no, no. And then I turned around and their parents like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's you. So it's like little kids, you know, notice because they're watching the show. And then, like, I have, you know, there's adults in the airport that, like, you know, that are walk- that are like, man, love the show, just, like, from a distance, you know? Yeah. So it's like it, it, it runs the gamut from little kids to, to, to older people and then families. You know, when I first got off the road and the first season started airing, my buddies were like, dude, the show's great. We love the show. It's like, oh, you're watching it. Great. Like, no, man, we're watching it as a family, like all of us. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that's incredible. And like not knowing, you know, like you put yourself out there, you, you know, and, and you just try to do your best. And then the results come back to you tenfold, man. I mean, not only the people just that, that watch the show, but then the people that I get to meet that are working in these kitchens uh, that are in love with their food, that have been doing it for a long time, that are passionate about their menus and passionate about their customers. I get to talk to the people that are making it and then the people that love their food. Yeah. So it's like a win-win for me, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so, so I'm you, just a conduit, yeah. you know, to the, for, for the good food and, and the people that love it, you know? so. What do you think has been your best experience being the host of the show? Wow. <laughs> um, I would, you know... <sighs> It's a big, it's a big loaded question <laughs> for me. Honestly, I, I think uh, to be to really sit back and, and, and um, cause you know, like when you're in it, you're in it, you know, and, yeah. and the, I don't have time to think about the results. I'm just kind of doing it. And, and, and honestly, it's been the response and the smiles from people and how excited people get and how people, how comfortable people are to come up and talk to me because I would never in my life want to turn a person away, you know, that might want to take a picture or say hello or, you know, there's no ego there for me at all. And it's like, and, and if I'm in my, honestly, if I'm in my head and somebody comes up to me and is like, Hey, you know, you might have to get a pick, love the show. It's like, I try to match their energy and it gets me out of my head. It helps me be present, you know, and, 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 and remember, what it is I'm doing and, and, and the effect that it, it has. So I appreciate the nature of being able to perform, be a performer, to act, to, to, to make people laugh. And to, you know, if, if I can make someone smile and laugh and get them out of their, their head as yeah. they do when they meet me on the street, you know, uh, I feel like I've done my job. And then in the same, I feel so thankful that that comes full circle back to me. You know, yeah. someone approaches you smiling, uh, you know, like randomly a stranger. Cause oftentimes it's like, Hey, Casey, Webb. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but Hey, <laughs> how are you? You know? Yeah. So I try to match their energy. And, um, I think that's just, it's just a beautiful moment. You know, it's the thing that I get to share with those people that know the show or, so that's really special, you know? And, and, you know, it's like, 
because I'm that same. I'm the same person on the show. You know, in my normal life, I just don't necessarily eat that way all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, well speaking um, of, speaking of the eating, like, how do you prepare for those challenges? Oh, uh, like yeah, ment- mentally you know, and physically, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, mentally, I'm always. I think I said this earlier, but like, I. I hear my brother and my high school football coach in my head uh, during the challenges, right? That's the challenge part. Yeah. Prior to that, you know, I've had to look to the pros because, you know, after three seasons, I still don't consider myself a pro. I mean, I just look like I eat a lot of food. My brother is six one and thin and ripped and he could eat me for eat, you know, for days. Um, so it's like, I really had to look to the pros about how to prepare because you really have to prepare yourself, you know, like yeah. ideally I want to win, but, I more or less consider myself the underdog. I may or may not win. You know, it's like any given Sunday, man. I, you know, I, I give my best, but I might not. And, and sometimes, honestly, like I go into this, I, I've gone into challenges where I, I don't know, you know, and then I, I, I beat it. And then I go in real confident and then, and I don't. <laughs> so like, like game day, it's any given Sunday. So with the spicy stuff, I incorporate spicy food into my diet. When I'm take, about to take those challenges on, I do like spicy food, but, I think it's important to dose yourself, okay. as they say. Incorporate. I crack. I have a pepper mill in my cabinet right now that's on the top shelf, so no one can see it. <laughs> but it's filled with ghost chilies. So, and I crack it into soup. I'm actually doing it right now. Yeah. I'm just doing it for fun because I like spicy food. Yeah. And then the the heavyweight stuff, the big stuff, the um, the capacity stuff is you gotta take on larger amounts of food. You know, you gotta be able to eat and absorb. Um, and uh, yeah, that's. That's it's not easy, man. It's like a, it is a sport, and the guys that are really good at it are really good at it. Yeah. And uh, so I've taken from them what they do, how to prepare, and it's a lot of working out, man. I mean, I've always worked out. I like working out. I enjoy it. It clears my head, gets me focused. But in addition to that, all the calories I'm taking on, it uh, definitely you have to. You know, I got you know constantly working out, and um, so yeah, man. I'm eating well, I'm eating healthy, working out, and so I could take on those crazy challenges and. You know, so be is there the, to do the next one. Yeah. You know? So is the show moving to the cooking channel? So, yeah. Um, as a result, like, uh, Discovery Network absorbs Scripps Network. So there's a lot of changes in programming. Not only is, you know, Man vs. Food is actually, they've been showing two episodes on Travel Channel in the morning before the new show that I uh, did narration for, which is an hour-long show called The Best Places yeah. to Pig Out. They're showing a couple episodes to lead into Best Place to Pick Out, which is a really fun show. But it's going to permanently live, um, as we know, on Cooking Channel. Okay. So Cooking Channel is part of Cooking or Discovery, has Cooking, Travel, Food Network, HETV, and a bunch of other affiliates. Okay. So uh, it's just a shift. Because programming, it's all paranormal and adventure on travel, and they want to move food to food stations. So Man vs. Food isn't really, really formatted for the way shows are on Food Network. But it, it, it fit in the cooking world, which is great. We have a home because yeah. it actually it was it was more it was done on travel, and we didn't have a home, and they decided to pick it up on cooking. So, which is really exciting. Yeah. So, um, it's all pluses, you know. I get there to be uh, on Cooking Channel. Yeah, yeah. So, so, tell us about your new show. Uh, best like, places to pig out. Yeah, like what is it? <laughs> like what's it? Well, obviously, it's about the best place to pig out. But tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> so, uh. The, the same production crew that traveled, we traveled around with uh, around the country for Man vs. Food has taken 
uh, a step further for an hour-long show programming, going to several places in each episode over the course of an hour to the best places to pig out around the country, whether it be just like delicious, monstrous food or just delicious, outrageous foods. And um, so I get to narrate that show, which is so I was in New York and I get to go to a studio and go into the, the sound booth and record, which I love doing voiceover work. So I get to scratch that itch for this particular, uh, we did 10 episodes, third hour long. And I, I feel like it's a, it's a real extension of Man vs. Food. I feel like it's like Man vs. Food plus, plus, plus. You don't get to see my face, but yeah. you get to hear my silly voice. And it's the same shenanigans, um, but with other people, yeah. <laughs> with more people yeah. <laughs> other than me. So I, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to watch it, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look, look for oh, it. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> so... Uh, tell us a little bit about Husky for Life. You're always talking about that in your social media. <laughs> so, you know, as a kid, you know, my mom threw me on a, a, a runway stage um, where I modeled uh, Husky winter fashions of the 80s. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, you know, I, I've, always ba- I've always dealt with being a bigger guy. You know, yeah. from the time I was a little kid, I was a bigger kid, you know. Um, you know, baby fat only lasts so long. You can only use that excuse for so long, you know, <laughs> um, freshman 15. Yeah. All these two, you know, he's big bones, all these things, you know, but there was a point in my life that I had to come to terms with, you know, especially with acting. It's like, what's your type? Who are you? And, um, you know, there, there was a point in my life where I just accepted this is who I am. This is my physical body and take me or leave me. And this is, I'm going to move through life being this guy. And, and I had to come to terms with that. And so the greatest reminder of that was my Instagram handle, which is I am Husky for life. As a result of that, you know, and I see other people, you know, with, with the body image movement, people being comfortable in their own skin. I think it's, it was, it's important to me. So I feel like if it's important to somebody else, they can appreciate it. So what we did was we took it a step further and started printing hats and shirts and uh, baby onesies, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, I know we got a phone case or something. I definitely have, I just got the uh, trucker hat because only trucker hats fit my huge head. Um, so, and, and it says Husky for life on it. So I could be reminded that it's okay to be who you are in your own skin. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being big boned Husky or, you know, yeah. chubby. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're right about that. I'm, I've been trying to lose weight for years. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, you know what? It's, you, might, you, might as well, you might as well accept it because, it's, you know, uh, I know it's, it's not paying any rent, but uh, it's, part of who you are you know um so i i I saw online you adopted a dog yeah so ac uh rose a very dear friend of mine also my manager and business partner we um we uh we have a production company called coattail media him and his girlfriend jenny they foster dogs for many years in the past and before all of um the mvf stuff and uh I, I, I used to dog sit for them. So like, uh, and so they have fostered dogs in the past and they were fostering. There was a breed that I really fell in love with. And as it turned out, this particular breed, there was a dog, it was a rescue that needed a foster home. And he immediately started fostering a dog. He's like, so, uh, it's a, the breed is called Brussels. I say Griffin, but it's Griffon. Okay. <laughs> Sounds fancy. But it, they look basically like little tiny Ewoks. They're about like 11 to 12 pounds. And so we, AC and his girlfriend have been um, um, fostering him, and now he's coming 
home to me this week. Uh, I was just with him yesterday, actually. And he's, uh, his name is Iggy, Iggy Pup, because um, he reminds me of Iggy Pop because he's like a little rascal. Um, Iggy Pop is part of the band Stooges and his yeah. punk rock icon. And uh, so, yeah, Iggy Pup is, um, is, uh, is, is, is uh, part of our family. Well, my dad had knee surgery, and, I, and that was like the impetus. Not only did I want to potentially bring a dog into my life, my life is a little crazy and busy, and it, it's hard to think that I could have that. And But I was told that I should have it, <laughs> make room for this, because I think it'll be good for you. And uh, it was also to help my dad to uh he just had knee surgery so like to get him fizzled get him moving and have some companionship you know yeah. so uh so he's part of the web family now he's a little iggy pup web go. now is that the only <laughs> is that the only uh, animal you have pet or do you have any uh pets? <laughs> oftentimes i'd be called an animal myself yeah it's the only <laughs> one that i currently uh i have yeah, but yeah. my brother has always been uh since i was a kid um, he's been, he's had, we've had pets my whole life, right? But yeah. my brother breeds dogs and he, and he takes in foster dogs. Currently he has, uh, a few sled dogs, um, uh, Alaskan Huskies, which are like, like from Alaska, they're indigenous, there's Inuits, there's Alaskan Huskies. And basically those are dogs that run the Iditarod or run cross country in, um, dog sledding. So mm-hmm. he avidly dog sleds wow. <laughs> with my nephew. <laughs> they go up to state New York. They train them in the summer in South Jersey, and um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an actual thing, which is uh, which is pretty extraordinary. He's a dog guy, and yeah. he's just always a dog. You want to get some, you need some TLC, you need somebody to lick your face. You go see my brother, and <laughs> not he won't lick your face, but his dog. <laughs> you you know? So, so you've done, a, you know, you've done it. You've been busy for a few years. You've done interviews. What's one thing you wish you got asked in an interview that nobody ever asks you? Oh, what's the one thing that People, I wish that someone would ask me. Yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. You want to come visit Italy for free? <laughs> I don't know. Um. Well, I, mean, I guess you know. I'm. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna deflect and not ask and not. Rec- <laughs> out of the gate, I'm gonna. Re- I'm gonna uh, deflect and, and not. Well, probably wouldn't have something personal to ask, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's why I said Italy, but uh, that's a good question, man. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you know, I think you did. Are you asked me if you're, are you having fun? I think you might have nailed it. Are you having fun? Are you still enjoying it? And that's yeah. a real question. So yeah. um, I would say, you know, are you happy? You know, and because um, I think that's ultimately, despite all the all the, uh, the success and the popularity and what comes with that, it's like, are you genuinely happy? And um, I guess I'm asking that question of myself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and I would say, yeah, I am, That's you know, great. it's, uh, life takes work, but, um, I think, you know, I had, I have had some strong, uh, built some strong foundations leading up to all this and I'm surrounded by really good people and family. And, um, and now I got a new pup. I got a dog to lick my face, That's great. you know, <laughs> yeah. to remind, remind me that it's all going to be okay. You know, yeah. stay focused. So, uh, lastly, how can the listeners uh, find you on social media? Oh, okay. Um, Twitter, which I don't spend a great deal of time on, uh, but I'm on there and I appreciate the platform. Um, that's Casey's call. It's just plural. My first name, Casey's call. Uh, I'm on, you know, Facebook is Casey Webb. Uh, you can't miss my mug there. Um, and then Instagram is, uh, I am Husky for life. That's the number four. And that's L I F B. I am Husky for life. 
And then I have a website, which is just uh, probably needs to be updated. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, Casey website with two Bs. So CaseyWebsite.com. Right. If you want to see some old stuff I've done in the past, other acting gigs and whatever, <laughs> um, yeah. interviews. But, yeah, thanks, man. This has been great. I really appreciate the time. And uh, Thank you. Um, stay warm there in, oh, yeah. in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, you too. And uh, congratulations. I don't know if you're a New England fan, but you guys I am. won last I am. night. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a great night. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, yeah. I mean, you guys have been in it more than you haven't been in it. And, you know, I was lucky enough last year, I was, uh, while we were filming in, in Minnesota, it was the week of Super Bowl. Um, we did two episodes. We did a Minneapolis episode. We did a St. Paul episode. And I, last minute, I was able to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Bananas. Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, as a Giants fan, I didn't want either team to win, but no offense, I was happy that, uh, that silly one. Yeah, I think everybody <laughs> was. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know, it's, for me, I, 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 I'm, you know, I appreciate the Rocky Balboas of the world. I like the underdog, you know, because there's they're usually scrapping harder. Even though, you know, uh, hands hands down, there's you know, uh, uh, Patriots are an extraordinary team and have been for a long time. Oh, yeah. uh, good on them. You know. Right. So yeah, I want to thank you for coming on this podcast. I appreciate it, man. No, it was great. It's, uh, you know, oftentimes uh, I don't get to talk about some of this stuff, so it's good to uh, talk it out. Yeah. you so bad